0: Now, on the T, it's Maddie
1: and the Caddy.
0: Here's Matt Barry and Michael Collins. Your weekly T-Box dysfunction is back alongside the Caddy. Michael Collins. I am the Maddie, Matt Barry. Appreciate you listening to Maddie and the Caddy here. Uh, The podcast, social media, at Maddie and Caddy. Instagram and Twitter, M-A-T-T-Y, the word and. C-A-D-D-I-E, that is the Instagram, that is the Twitter. We are excited to be back with you. Trey Wingo. Of Golic and Wingo and NFL fame is going to join us uh, today. He is an avid golfer. I've played with him out here in Connecticut. He loves the sport. He knows the sport. Phenomenal. Com- yeah, he addict. is. And he's, he's one yeah. of us. And so <laughs> I look forward to that conversation with Trey Wingo. Um, I do want to get to this before we get to Trey. Why does ESPN insist on sending you to the Bahamas every year? That is getting ridiculous.
1: Why, why are y'all hating? <laughs> look... <laughs> People have roles, okay? <laughs> Your role is to be up there in Connecticut frozen like a popsicle. My role is to be in shorts in the Bahamas hanging out with Tiger and John Rom and Keegan and
0: Yeah, do you Justin. even do you even own a pair of pants?
1: Uh I might be able to find pants? Do jeans count? <laughs> uh yeah, jeans jeans kinda count. Okay, so I got some jeans. I so, got some jeans and some sweats. Look, when I do the overnight flights, I'm in a nice pair of sweats. Oh, you know, to sleep in comfortable ones. Your, your
0: overnight flights to Europe to cover more golf.
1: I'm again, l- roles. All of us have roles. I to play. can't believe they haven't I didn't figured choose. you out yet. <laughs> you know, have you not heard the term "fake it till you make it"? <laughs> Just because I get to fake it in the Bahamas. Shut up! Stop telling me. Why are you trying to? Hint them on. Like, what
0: happened over there? Anything good happened over in the Bahamas?
1: Uh, you know, I did find out because it's it's run by the Hero. It's the Hero World Challenge. And Hero is uh, a motorcycle and a well, a two wheel motor corporation. One, I guess they're the biggest in the world. But we never see Hero motorcycles or scooters here in the United States. But it's an Indian company. It's a really cool dude, Pavan, um is the guy who owns it. So every day they serve Indian food, and and my body decided that four days of Indian food was the max. <laughs> that was it. You should have stopped at three. So you know, I, at least now I know my limits because my body just decided. You, you know, it was one of those. Uh, I don't think we're gonna do this anymore, buddy.
0: So did you come back? Did you come back a little lighter?
1: Oh no no no, nah. Because you're gonna like there's a. Uh, they have something called f- Fish Fry, and it's like a mar- it's kind of a marketplace of all these restaurants. And literally, the conch salad. Me and Patrick Reed's Caddy Kessler yeah. went down there and just tore it up. Literally, like you ordered, we ordered this conch salad, and I think the guy just jumped in the like little area <laughs> right behind the shack, grabbed the conch, and then chopped it up right there and put it in the salad. And it was phenomenal. That sounds
0: disgusting like you you said you just tore it up that means you had multiple portions of conch salad and your stomach was okay with that it
1: was it was a very large because it was all fresh it was all fresh veggies it was dude you would have been so impressed because of how healthy it was because you would have just said you're not having anything fried with that at all it's literally fresh conch chopped up with fresh tomatoes fresh onions I mean, it was they put hot pepper and stuff. Ghost. I like stuff spicy. Yes, so right. it was fresh ghost pepper in yeah. there. It, yeah, I know you like spicy too. This was right up your alley, Mister Skinny. I got to go work out and run when there ain't a Rottweiler chasing me. Yeah, you should run. It feels good. Again, if there ain't a Rottweiler chasing me, you better have a Doberman or something. But what
0: about the actual golf? Tiger for the second straight year Stunt. uninspiring in this event.
1: Well, no, last year he was extremely inspiring because at one point on Friday, when he made Eagle, he tied for the lead, and that was like his big comeback. You know what? I'll be honest. Tiger was not motivated at all. No. He looked exactly like the Tiger that played in the match. Was kind of like, I know I got to be here. Whatever. He was extremely tired, didn't look like he was 100% healthy, and then came out and said he wasn't 100% healthy, but it wasn't the back. It was the Achilles and like the leg, which doesn't give you a warm, funny, fuzzy feeling anyway since he's had surgery on that once before. But he was like – I did talk to him too, and I was like, hey, when are you going to get to hang out with the kids? Because we, of course, always talk about family. And he was reminding me that he had to fly – he was flying private on his jet to L.A. and then had to take a commercial flight to Australia and was doing all his President's Cup captain duties there, flying back. And how he felt when he got back to Florida was probably going to determine whether or not he would play in Maui.
0: That's right. Yeah, and so we're at that point of the year with Tiger and this wraparound schedule and everything that's going on uh, with him. You just you, you have to wait and see he, the match. He hit it dead know. on. He, he, Look, we're not going to get Tiger until February. Like Tiger, that's going to start ramping up for well, competition. Well, nah,
1: no, I'll tell you this: I, I truly believe if he feels good mm-hmm. when he gets back from Australia, he's going to play Maui.
0: But I'm talking, com- I'm talking, com- like compete. I think Maui's going to you be mean full field. That's exactly what I mean. Yeah, like when he's going to get out there and really start that, ramping it up. Because it's
1: like the Tour Championship. Yeah, that's free money, great world ranking points, and a great way to start. And a place that he's had a bunch of success before. You know, it's, it's Maui. So it's not like playing Tory Pines where it's going to be 50 degrees and overcast and his glutes won't activate.
0: You got to have activated glutes. Got to have activated glutes if you're Tiger. I'm looking forward to kind of seeing him because there was so much momentum at the end of the year, uh, with Tiger and the Tour Championship. So I'm looking forward to that. And I'm also looking forward to our guests now. He is the face of the NFL here at the <laughs> network. He is the star of Golik and Wingo radio program and he's an avid golfer. He is, he is Trey Wingo.
2: Uh, well,
1: wait, though.
2: Oh, okay. What's up?
1: Here's the thing. I found out watching Golic and Wingo when you were co-hosting and you were doing a little movie trivia. Yeah. With our boy Adnan. Yeah. Trey is not your name.
2: Uh, Well, it correct and incorrect. Yeah. Like, okay. Like, like but my whole life. Voice. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yes. <laughs> Uh my my name has always been Trey in my like ever since I was a kid, that's what my parents nicknamed me. But my right. full name, and I'll do it in what we call hedge fund Hal voice, is Hal Chapman Wingo the Third from Greenwich, <laughs> Connecticut. So delighted to be speaking with you, Michael and Matthew, about the links and the particulars of the curious game of golf. Yeah, that is a golfing name. Oh, it's the worst. I mean, it's
1: just the absolute worst. Your name has Caddyshack written all over it. My
2: name might as well be Whitey McWhiteson.
1: (laughs) Every time you say your name, you should be wearing checkered pants and a derby. And
2: knickers, plus fours. Plus fours, Michael, come on.
1: How long have you been at
2: ESPN now? It's 21 years now. 21 years. Survive in advance, as Jim Belvano once said.
0: Now, here's what I want to know about that, because after 21 years, you've established yourself as a name in the industry, and and you love golf, so... You we get invited to a lot of these golf events. Yeah. No one plays more golf tournaments than Jay Harris. Yeah, how many do you play a year?
2: Well, I, the radio show is cut into that because unlike the NFL, they, they, there's no that off season where you can just sit, take a few more days off. I try and play in as many as possible. Uh, you know, I played in Jay Feely. But for whatever reason, kickers in the NFL have a lot of golf tournaments because they have nothing else to do during nothing practice. Do. Right. So, right. Uh, like Jay Feely is a hell of a golfer. Robbie Gold, I have played in his a bunch. Uh, there's an LPGA event I go every year because I get to see Herm. Yeah. And Mark Schlereth, we all play in that one up in Michigan every year. I try to do as many as possible. I, I would say on average, on a good year, probably ten. Uh, <laughs> on a bad year, about five. Okay.
1: So when did golf start? How did you get into it? Was it because of this industry, or were you playing you before?
2: Name, you? Yeah, well, you would think, <laughs> uh, yeah, that, like, right <laughs> with that name, growing up in Greenwich, mother uh, and father, exactly, mumsy and popsy at the club every day <laughs> at five. No, uh, it was nothing like that. I I barely played as a kid. What, Michael, you'll like this. I'm Maddie. You will too. What really got me into it? Um, one of my first TV jobs was in Allentown, Pennsylvania, and um, we had no kids at the time. Uh, and my wife was working retail on weekends, so I started playing golf because I had nothing else to do, and I started playing right around the 91 Ryder Cup, the yeah. War at the Shore at Kiowa. Yes. And that was, that to this day is still the biggest bare knuckle barroom fight of a golf tournament. I've ever seen in my life. And it was so intense. And that really got me into it. And that's why to this day the Ryder Cup is still my favorite sporting event of all time. Even though we stink at it. Um, but uh, that really got me into it. So I just started playing there. And I fell in love with the game. And there's no other way around it. It just You either, you either become a golfer or you don't. There's yep. no in between. Yep. You know? Right.
1: Yeah, that's when you hit that one perfect shot. Yeah. You're either addicted or you're not. I just think it's ironic too that the one golf tournament... That actually seemed like guys might actually fight because of how intense, like Trevino was right. <laughs> back then. It seemed like there might be a throwdown. That was what got you into golf. Yeah. What were you playing But be- What did you do before then?
2: Uh, I, I, watch a lot of damn TV, you know? <laughs> more, more than anything else. But, you know, the other thing about golf, which is great for me, is you're never – you. very rarely are you playing golf and you're like, geez, this is terrible, it's ugly, this is not beautiful, and the weather's not bad. Now, I'm, I'm one of those sickos. I played around round uh, last Saturday here in Connecticut because it was 40, 41 degrees That's and right. no wind. That's right. So anytime you can check off a December round, I'm yeah, all for it. I'm with you. Uh, yeah, I can do anything above freezing as long as the wind isn't whipping.
0: Now, when it's you get out there and play, how many connections have you made
2: and friendships have you made playing this Oh, it's been phenomenal. Yeah. I mean, that that's the thing that is so true about the old axiom. You, you 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 get more business done on a golf course. I can't tell you the number of connections and things that that I've, I've made through the game of golf. There was this tournament they used to have every year called the Safeway Classic, and they'd play it up uh, at the old Bayonet and Black Horse course in Fort Ord, right outside Monterey, California. Yeah. Uh, and it was the greatest, man. And there are there are business people that I'm, in, I'm associated with now, simply because we got together in one of those pro-ams and played in that tournament. And the greatest thing about that is that's when Herm first started at ESPN. Herm Edwards, who now, of course, is the the great head coach of football at Arizona State. Forks up, there we go. your alma mater. There we go. Your alma mater, Matt. But uh, Herm and I, we we and we go up there a day early, and it was a two day event. So we go up on a Saturday. We'd play Saturday, we'd play Sunday, and then the tournament was Monday and Tuesday, but there were tee times in the afternoon and then in the mornings. And then we'd discern our schedule. We'd play a course. Herman and I just by ourselves in Monterey in the morning and then go play in the tournament in the afternoon. we get like six rounds of golf in, in four days. It was just the best. It was the best.
1: <laughs> hey, You felt like afterward by the end of tournaments like that, you can't even hold a club. No, no. Because your hands hurt so bad. I actually caddied that course, the bayonet course. Yeah. Up there, too, when it was a web.com event, and there, there was a, a funny story that's true. There was an earthquake, and you know how those trees are. Oh, yeah. They are very low-hanging but thick pine, they are really thick, and there was an earthquake, and 650,000 golf balls fell out of those trees. It's a,
2: it would what? not surprise me at all, because if yes. you ever played, it's like the trees at Olympic, you know, you'll hit those shots, yes. and those 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 balls will not come out of those trees. Nah. That would not surprise me at all. I was, I bet you eight of them had my name on it. <laughs> where do you,
0: so, you know, when you get out there, and we, that's the other beautiful thing about golf, is you can go play the historic courses. Right. You can play where tournaments are played. When you put together like an ideal golf locale for you, what region of the country are you
2: loving golf most? Well, yeah, you know, Monterey is just way up there because yeah. first of all, the weather the weather stays the same all year. High of fifty, I mean, high of fifty eight, low of fifty two. You know what I mean? That's <laughs> right. way, it never gets super warm and it never gets super cold. Um, and there's so many great courses up there. That's always fun. I love desert golf. I don't know how you guys yes. feel about it, but the juxtaposition. Of, uh, of just the starkness of the green, green of the fairways and then just sand and rocks. Yeah. Like the first time I ever played Troon North uh, in northern Scottsdale, where you're from, yeah. uh, was in 91 or 92, and there were no houses on the course. This was the, the monument course. Uh, and literally, I mean, now it's all littered with houses and condos, but literally it was the fairway and then it was nothing but saguaros and and shrub brush and boulder and sand. And it was just so cool To see it sort of carved out like that was very, very cool.
1: Desert golf is awesome. I love it because I hit a low ball flight. Yeah. So... My distance with the driver is awesome.
2: <laughs> forward, <laughs> a lot of roll on those courses. A lot yeah, of roll. This, firm and my fast. My golf
1: ball runs like it's on an episode of Cops trying yeah. to get away. <laughs> <laughs> a bad in a, in a Walmart poc- parking lot or something. Yeah. The True North was the first place I ever saw a live bobcat. Yeah. which was really cool. Um, so, the
2: other the other place we you know we had the British Open rights for a lot of years, yeah. and I, I for six years my summers at ESPN. I we do NFL live, and then. I, we'd go to the U.S. Open where it would be played, and then we'd have a week or two off, and then we'd go play the, the cover the British Open. And I got to play a lot of, of the six years I did it, four of the years were in Scotland. Mm-hmm. So I had to play a ton of golf in Scotland, and that was also just really, really cool. Where are
0: you right now with golf, with the resurgence of Tiger? It appears that we're going to get three to four more years, hopefully, of healthy Tiger. I hope so, man. With the convergence of some of these young yeah. stars.
2: Yeah. You know what? I, I hold my breath on that with Tiger because, as, as you guys well know, what, four back surgeries? That thing could go at any moment. Yep. It really could. Yep. And that's why, to me, the tour championship was so special because I was like, this, if I'm being honest, that might have been it. Yeah. You know, we may never see him win again. And for him to do it on. And, you know, people that don't follow golf, they were on me like Twitter, like, why are you, this is just another tournament. Like, bro, it's called <laughs> nah. the Tour Championship for a reason. Right. Look it up. Do your research. Do a little history here. To see him do that on that stage. And to me, the coolest thing, and I'm sure you guys felt the same way, when they're all walking oh. up behind him on the 18th fairway. <laughs> remember, that first happened at the Western Open in 97. Yep. That right. happened at Cog Hill. And that was his fourth win of the year. And that year, with the fourth win, he made 1.7. I think he made two-something for the win alone at the <laughs> Tour Championship. To see that scene recreated 21 years later, there's not another sport where a guy could do that at his prime 21 years apart. Right. And that's, that's the allure of golf, and that's the allure of Tiger. So, my God, I hope I get four more years. But, honestly, there's a part of me that says... I got to see it one more time and I'm good with that. Thank you. You know, I'm good with that.
0: Yeah.
1: And is isn't was, that what everyone was asking for? And
0: yeah. that was going to be my point. Like I, I sat there that Sunday and I'll never forget it. It was like a, it was a guy cry sports moment for someone to kid up question Tiger. And I said, I was like, if that's it, yeah, I at least got to feel that one more, one time. more time.
2: I'll give you an example. When Tiger won the masters in 97, my son was two years old and sitting on my lap, uh, you know, and I'm, I was telling him that's Tiger Woods. This is great. You know, and he's, barely understanding any words I'm saying, and now he's 23. Amazing. And, and we have the, we still have those conversations. And that's the allure of golf in a, long, uh, uh, in a lot of ways, the, the appeal and passing on the game from father to son.
1: That's also the scary thing about Tiger Woods. I was in yeah. Paris. I went over to Paris early and was like, yeah, I don't think Tiger's going to win the Tour Championship. I'll <laughs> yeah. go over to Paris early. I woke the whole hotel up screaming <laughs> late on Sunday night. But what you said is true. Everything with Tiger Woods is holding our breath, yeah. and especially after seeing how he was at the Ryder Cup, Yeah. Right. how he performed there, and then how he just performed last week at the Hero World Challenge. And then he said, my Achilles has been bothering me. What? Yeah. Four back surgeries, now your Achilles bothering you? So now it's all about hope. But at least we can kind of say we got that one great run with him. Two things I want to ask you. One, with all the great golf you've played, bucket list what course haven't you played that you want to and two if not tiger woods for you who uh, bu- next who yeah. next
2: uh bucket list for me the one the one i've never i've never been to band of dunes mm. and i've never played golf in ireland I've, I've done a lot of golf in scotland i've never played in ireland look i've been really fortunate you know played all the Pinehurst courses i've uh, been, been able to get on cypress point several times love that course I hate um, you right now. Uh, I know. I'm sorry. Uh, I, I'm I'm looking forward to stream song too. I haven't been to stream song, yeah. and Sand oh. Valley's supposed to be great. Uh, yeah. I, I've been on a couple of courses that I'd like to tell you about, but if I did, the member that got me on there might get <laughs> kicked out, so I can't mention a couple of those clubs. So I've I've been pretty fortunate along those lines. Uh, and if not Tiger, uh, like who who in terms of like the greatest all time, or who am I following no. next?
1: Yes, if if let's say something happens this next year and yeah. Tiger Woods has to shut it down and he's yeah. gone. You know, of I, all the young guys that are out there now, who's the guy that you go, "All right, I'm getting behind this dude."
2: I think it's going to be Justin Thomas. Yeah. I mean, I really do it, which is funny because, you know, he was overshadowed by his 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 childhood friend Jordan Spieth at mm-hmm. the early start. Yep. I think Justin has a little more game. And I think he's a little nastier. Yeah,
0: exactly. Actually, I know he's yeah. nastier. Yes, he is. He's yes. got exactly. the attitude.
2: Yeah, and he that's could, what's good. Yeah, one one of the other. What is thing the tiger said? You know, second sucks and third is worse. Yeah, I kind of feel like Justin is that guy a little bit, and he doesn't mind being that guy.
0: What I said with, with golf, and 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 that's. Well, Justin Thomas is perfect for that because yeah. he's the guy that'll go at the gallery and be like get, the, get that kick, guy out, of here. kick him yeah. out of here. Yeah. And you almost need a villain now in yes. golf because you're not going to get a game changer like Tiger ever no. again. No, and you need a guy like Justin Thomas yeah. to kind of ruffle people's feathers.
2: Yeah, and people get all over Patrick Reed, and I understand that he's not for everybody, but give me give me him on the Ryder Cup every other year, every year for now for the next twenty years.
0: Wouldn't that embarrassing? No, he's how our Ian Poulter. That? Yes. That's embarrassing.
2: The whole well, what? the whole Ryder Cup thing was embarrassing. Let's be Hold honest. Hold up,
1: yeah, we cannot. That is not Patrick Reed's fault, the one dude who came out and was honest. Look, Patrick Reed, when all that stuff with the Ryder Cup went down, he was the only person to put his name out there on everything. Yeah. Everybody else had to come out anonymous, and what does that tell you? If you're coming out anonymous, you might not be telling the truth. Well, you leave o- the guy who yeah. puts his name on
2: it. Well, the other thing about that is I love that Phil came out afterwards and said, yeah, I never really liked the setup. Well, then don't be on the team, for crying out loud. <laughs> Give me a guy who wants to be there. Exactly right, and that's the thing that bothers me. And, and by the way, this is my problem with the President's Cup. It's a money grab by the PGA because they see how important the, the Ryder Cup is. The the reason, One of the reasons I believe we stink at the Ryder Cup is because we have to play the President's Cup that's every exactly other right. year. Yep. I mean, the, the Euros get yep. two years to sort of stew their juices for this thing. And we got to go out and play the rest of the world. I get it. It's fun. It's competition. But the President's Cup is never going to be the Ryder Cup. And we're never going to be as good as we used to be at the Ryder Cup. We have to play the President's Cup every other year.
1: Yeah. But at the President's Cup, we have fun as a team yes. because we're loose and relaxed. And at the Ryder Cup, we're not. I like the, this President's Cup. Bubba came out and said, I don't want to play. I just want to be a vice captain. Yeah. Like that's, I love that kind of honesty. He could never say that about the Ryder Cup. He would never be able to get away with that. And that's why for the Ryder Cup, guys, even as exhausted as they would be, if you make that team, you got to play.
2: Yeah, I, you're right. It's just I, I just wish there was some way we could get it to mean to to us what it means to them. I mean, they asked Tommy Fleetwood and and uh and and a, a bunch of the other players and Poulter and they said, "How can you explain to us how much this means to you?" And he's like, "We can't put it into words." Yeah. How much yep. this means to us. And it just doesn't mean the same to our guys. And it, yeah, that's one of the oldest clichés in sports. They want it more they actually do want what is more. that disconnect i don't i don't know it's it really the funny thing is it sort of started with this generation of golfers uh, michael in 99 at brookline where you know david duval and all those people were sort of making these things like hey man w- why should i care we're not getting paid for this we're not doing that and then of yes. course they had the epic comeback and they got it and that lasted for a while and now it seems like that's gone again
1: You know what it is? It's because all of those guys, even the guys that play on the PGA Tour now, they all started together on the European Tour. And over there, they all travel together. They all stay in the same hotel. They all eat together and hang out. They're all friends. And even the guys who aren't friends and don't get along, when the Ryder Cup captain says, you and you, I need you two together, everything else is thrown aside. On the American side – I got my private jet. Yeah. You can have your private jet. I got my little clique of friends, and if you're not in my clique, we're not going to be teammates. Yeah. And and I'm not. And we're not going to let a captain of the Ryder Cup say, "Hey, man, I need you to play." Nah, I'm only playing with my friend. And and you got a captain who was like, "All right, okay, that's fine." And then we saw the result. It kind of threw a monkey wrench into the team. We have in golf, it's all about me and I, because that's golf. Right. But the European side has the ability once every two years to go, nah, this is we,
2: Yeah, well, and we don't. I mean, Colin Montgomery is the epitome of that, right? He can't win to save his life uh, <laughs> on, on the U.S. soil. <laughs> With the order of merit, what, seven straight years on the European tour? Some ridiculous number. Never won a single tournament on U.S. soil. Never really competed in a major, and when he did, he choked down the stretch but damn it, he was the best player in the world every two years at the Ryder Cup. And there was that one year where they took the Concord over. They all flew over on the Concorde, and they had a spot saved on the plane for the Cup that they were planning on bringing back with them. The U.S. would never do something like that. Ever. They just never would. They never uh, would.
0: When you look in, in terms of, uh, we were fortunate in this industry. Yeah, we meet a lot extremely. of phenomenal people. We get to yeah. come across fantastic courses, players, athletes. Who's the most famous person you've played golf with?
2: Famous person I played golf with, um, other than SVP. Yeah, of course. I'm trying to, I'm trying to figure out. Well, I played with Marino once. Uh, yeah, that yeah. that was uh, that was an interesting experience. I was terrible that day, and he was not terrible, and he was very very generous with his time. Marino <laughs> m- might be. I mean, I played with Charles, but everybody yep. plays with Charles. Right. You know? uh, he's a blast. Um, you're right. You are very fortunate to do that. And I, now, you brought that up. It's not a golf story, but it's kind of a golf story. Yeah. Uh, in 2003, I was down covering the NBA All-Star game for uh, for ESPN. It was in Atlanta. And I, we were staying at the Ritz-Carlton downtown, and I walked in. I was going to have uh, lunch with Stewart. And he's in there, and, you know, Stewart and Tiger were tight. They were boys. So he's sitting there having lunch with Tiger. And I'm like, ah.
3: <laughs> you know,
2: So I sort of sidle up, talking to Stu, and Tiger looks over and goes, hey, Trey. I'm like, oh, hey, Tiger. Yeah. Like, Trey's no big deal. I'm like, oh, my God. You so do you know my name. Yeah, exactly. So about five minutes after that, <laughs> I run out of the elevator. I'm getting on the phone to call my dad because, you know, he, we all both like Tiger watching. My dad's not a golfer, but he loved watching Tiger. So I'm, I'm outside the elevators waiting to call my dad. I'm looking down at my phone like everyone does now. You know, your neck is like this down on the phone, and the door's open to the elevator, and I start to walk in forgetting that people are in the elevator coming out and i run into this large human he goes man we can go watch where you're going and i look up at his michael jordan i'm like oh sorry <laughs> so like in a span of a minute and a half i got a hate from tiger and jordan told me to watch where i was going oh, i got back to the room I was like dad you won't believe what just happened to me i mean, you're playing it cool too and inside you're i was a fan i was a fan
1: absolutely As- as long as you've been at ESPN and doing interview, talking to celebrities and players, who gave you the most butterflies? Who <laughs> gave you the most butterflies when you had to sit down and either interview or chat with someone, like, on the air?
2: You know, the 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 way to answer that would be some of the more, like, awkward, difficult ones. Like, I had to yeah. do Reggie Bush uh, right when all the stuff was coming out about the payments. And, you know, the funny thing is I knew that this was not going to go well because I knew the questions I had to ask. Yeah uh and his representatives did not think that we were going to ask those questions and so uh, <laughs> they probably all fired oh yeah they uh they got very angry so that one was awkward and then a year later after all of that some more allegations came out and this was when uh this was in 2006 at Super Bowl 41 uh between the Colts uh and the Bears and he was going to come by courtesy of Visa you know and do all this stuff and it was like, we had just sort of gotten past the the first time and we were all good and these new allegations came out. And I said, now, Reggie, we're, it's great to have you here, but we're going to have to ask you a question about this. Yeah. And you can say, I don't want to talk about it. And that's fine. I'll say, I'll ask one more question. You say, I don't want to talk about it. We'll move on. But uh, you know, if you're sitting here, I have to ask you these questions. Right. He's like, well, I don't want to do that. And the visa people were fine with it. They're like, fine, just as long as you get the plug and we'll get that. No problem. And we'll do that. <laughs> but he was adamant he didn't want to do it. And his reps came up and he left and we never got the interview. Oh. And and so that went down this whole thing and it's fine now and there's no issue whatsoever but that was awkward for a couple of times but I you know I had to do it yeah. I had to do it Yeah uh and that so that was I don't know not butterflies but it was like this is going to be uncomfortable but we have to go down this road
0: You talk about a guy who's got a nice golf swing Reggie Bush
2: Yeah he does all those guys it's are, amazing man. isn't it It's incredible and and the the best golfer by the way that that uh, is a former player I used to uh, uh that used to be here was you know, Sterling Sharp. I've never seen a guy murder a golf Whoa. ball like that. And he never played when he was playing. Yeah, he never played. He said, so right. when he when he finished playing, the first thing he did is took a lesson. No bad habits. National natural athletic ability. I mean, there's a. Par four on my course where the Jim Calhoun tournament played, and he comes up every year. It's 390 yards uphill. He's driven the green a couple of times. I mean, it's just it's ridiculous. I've never seen, of all the athletes I've ever played with, I've never seen a guy literally murder a golf ball more than Sterling Sharp.
0: I'll get you out of here on this one. When you, we're we're around sports, we're sports fans, we feel pressure. Where does having to hit a six-foot putt to win a match rank in terms of pressure for you. Brutal, man.
2: <laughs> it's brutal. Uh like th- we, I was playing a, a match this summer and you know, uh, it was a it was a free run at the win. <laughs> And I'm like, wah, wah. you know, I would have made that putt 99 yeah. times out of 100, except for what was on the line. And of course, it was a power lip out, and I missed the comebacker. So it's just it's a different dynamic, right? And that's the thing that goes back to the Ryder Cup, because those guys are used to dealing with pressure on themselves. But suddenly at the Ryder Cup, it's not pressure for yourself; it's pressure for your team and pressure for your country. That's it. And that's a different kind of
1: deal. Oh, there's nothing worse than standing on the green and looking around and all your friends are looking at you like we need you. Yeah. Like, well, well, don't look at me then. Turn away. The greatest, I don't need you looking at my eyes. The
2: greatest quote ever in the history of sports to me, go back to the 91 where this started, the 91 War at Kiowa Ryder Cup, Hale Irwin, Bernard Longer for the cup. Everybody's around the green. And Bernard Longer had, what, a five-footer yep. To, yep. Make, to retain the cup, and he missed it. And Hale Irwin said this line in Sports Illustrated, it was the greatest quote of all time. The sphincter factor was high out there. <laughs> <laughs> and it was. It was.
1: Hey, we ask everybody before, everyone who's yes. on the podcast, we mm-hmm. always ask them this question, so we got to throw it out to you before you leave, and that is your dream foursome. You're wow. playing any any course, anywhere, and then who are you playing with, alive, dead, whatever? You know, I, so where are you playing, who are you playing with?
2: Well, you know, just for... Um, he was my road dog for a lot of years and Herm and I played a hell of a lot of golf together. So Herm would have to be yeah. in that grouping. Oh yeah. Uh, I, I think I'd have to throw tiger in there just because, you know, I, I'm talking like peak tiger, like 2002 tiger, the ball that makes a different sound. He goes, <laughs> you know, it has that secondary <laughs> flight, Right. uh, that guy. And I'm trying to think of who would the other one be? I mean, there's so many, I, I would say those two for sure. And I'm not sure who that fourth would be. Actually, I'd have to think about that one. Um, I don't know. I mean, there's a leave lot of guys that starter? would qualify, huh?
1: You just leave it up to the starter. Yeah, <laughs> well, we'll, we'll, we'll squeeze. Random schmo. We'll, the we'll
2: squeeze for that. Yeah, Joe from Sheboygan, come on in.
1: <laughs> hey Trey, who we are you appreciate it. Yeah.
2: Well, yeah, yeah, where am I playing? Of course, yeah, Cypress. Yeah, Cypress, Cypress for sure. Yeah, Cyprus is pretty cool. It's oh, a good that's how walk. You want to get
1: your boy on Cypress. You know, I'm cool. All right, I, I'm well, go cool out there. We'll make.
2: By the way, great story about Cypress, real quick. Yeah, they're the cool. I mean, it's any any year you want to shake it. Right, the top three most exclusive clubs in the in the states are probably Cypress Point, Augusta, and Pine Valley. Right, that's yep, probably yep. the way it goes. Um, the folks that at Cypress are just so down to earth. It's it's like the antithesis of some of these other clubs that are all high and mighty. You know, and I'm not saying look, I, they're all great, but. The folk, every time i've been they're just they're just so low key about it it's a tiny little pro shop right off seventeen mile drive there it's just it's the antithesis of what you would think about one of the most exclusive places in the country.
0: See, now you got me, now you got me jonesing for golf and it's 22 right? degrees yeah, out here in Connecticut. terrible. <laughs> I know. I may
2: go hit balls just on the, on the, on the course just to get the feeling until I hit that one a little oh, thin the and vibration? the vibrations. Oh, get out of I'm here. i done the, with yeah. the winter golf. Hey, I'll
1: send you guys some pictures here from my range in Florida. I'm oh, so okay. happy for yeah, you, Mike. Yeah, That'll but be congratulations. great. That'll be fine. It would break <laughs> my heart Cyprus, if you turned so, an ankle or something.
2: <laughs> there it is. <laughs>
0: Thank you for your time. It was All right, guys. Anytime. We'll talk to you soon. I appreciate Man, I could uh, sit and talk to Trey for hours. He, he was kind enough to come join us after his radio show. Uh, coming up next, Caddy is coming to Connecticut next week. We will discuss his trip as to why he is coming to Connecticut and if he's going to be able to handle the cold. Plus, a 40th birthday is near. We'll explain coming up next.
1: <laughs> Welcome
0: back to Mad Hinda Caddy. Uh, so, you were just telling me what,
1: Michael? Today... Is my 15 year wedding anniversary?
0: Man, I'd have taken the under.
1: I did. I lost.
0: <laughs> I did take the under. What are you doing for Mrs. Caddy for the anniversary? By the well, way, we're know, taking this on Thursday, you... Thursday yeah. morning, about 10:55 a.m. Eastern. So, what are you going to be doing for Mrs. Caddy?
1: Uh, she gets to go out to whatever her favorite restaurant is tonight. You know, by herself, or are you going? No, it's it's an anniversary so she can go by herself if she wants to. That's, I'll stay home watching football. That's everyone's anniversary present. I think in you know 15 years so I whatever 15 is, I think today 15 years is what the firing pin so she can have the whole weapon. Are, <laughs> if she wants are you are you asking me the me anniversary
0: off? gift like silver anniversary, <laughs> paper anniversary? Right.
1: Have... Yeah, I don't know what this is.
0: Should you not have done that research before getting her a gift?
1: Nah. We don't. We never did that anyway. No, we never did the whole paper and like one whatever flower petal and something ridiculous.
0: It looks like the modern gift is crystal timepieces and red jewelry and flowers. Crystal is the traditional gift for a fifteenth wedding anniversary. Crystal,
1: crystal. All right, I know a girl named Crystal. <laughs> I will uh, see if Crystal wants to go to dinner <laughs> with Celia. It's one of the people no. I work out with. So that's no, that's she that's the she gift. owns the thing. <laughs> Like, you hey, know, honey,
0: come meet Crystal.
1: Yeah, hey, we're going to Gator CrossFit. <laughs> what? Yeah, that's where Crystal is. So, it's the Crystal anniversary. Y'all two, have a good time. <laughs> now, happy <laughs> anniversary. I love you, baby. I'll be home. Where, where <laughs> I'm was going the to c- Burger King? Get that one cent Whopper. <laughs>
0: <laughs> where was the Caddy in his uh, life when you when you met Mrs. Caddy? What were you doing? Like, which one of your weird jobs were you doing? I was living
1: with three girls. I was living with three girls. In Gainesville, Florida, uh, I was doing stand-up comedy full-time, and she was in she was a study group with one of my roommates. And my roommate was in a, I guess she was majoring in like a farming-type educational thing. So most of her friends was just not attractive to me at all did you so say she,
0: farming like yeah like, fa- like okay.
1: farming like future farmers of america yeah got it yeah farmers only.com like, got it yeah i was just gonna say if that was around back then but she was already engaged and like i love her fiance they're married now happy they've been together forever um but yeah my, my wife-to-be came over and picked up my roommate for study group one night and when my roommate got back i was like yo who was that <laughs> And she goes, Celia? And I go, yeah, man. (laughs) See if I can get her email. I didn't want to ask for a phone number, so I just asked for the email. That's odd coming from you. I know. I know. Well, you know, uh, this was 15 years ago, so I didn't have my game on point like it is right now getting phone numbers.
0: So you asked for her email.
1: I asked for her email. We emailed a little bit and then started talking on the phone, and I went to Canada for two weeks. And we talked one night when I was in Canada for, like, three hours. Oh, you had the the, the,
0: the long phone talk. We've all had that. Yeah, Yeah. exactly.
1: So then as soon as we hung up, I called AT&T and was like, "Um, do y'all have a Call Canada plan? He goes, yeah, we do. I was like, perfect. Please tell me it's retroactive. And I hear this. (laughs) You're very lucky. (laughs) And I was like, I know. She goes, yeah, it's retroactive. So when I came home, we went on our first date, and then – Our second date, we was kind of together from there. But her rule, when we first started dating, she knew I was dating other people. So her rule was I could do whatever I want outside a a three-and-a-half-hour radius, drive. So anything outside three-and-a-half-hour drive was my business. If I was (laughs) dating a girl, hanging out, if I was going out, whatever, you could do whatever you want. But her thing was... She's the big dog on this porch. All right, that's so where her porch goes
0: within that area. Then, so you were either in Savannah or Port St. Lucie,
1: words which means I had to kick a Jacksonville girl to the curb. <laughs> <laughs> she, Jacksonville girl had to go, which I think she knew about. That's why she and I even said at the time, I was like, you just trying to be slick. I'm gonna tell you right now, like, that ain't gonna work. You know what I mean? Just try, you think that's how you're gonna hold it down, but she and she won.
0: Yeah, well she clearly won. So when you were did were you throwing comedy at her? Like what was what was the caddy's game on, nah. now, on now December sixth, which by the way, happy anniversary. Thank you. Like what was your what was your thing?
1: I don't know like I didn't have the game really. She used to always say that she would call it like spitting lyrics. Anytime that I would say something that was, like, complimentary or something, she was like, oh, you just dropping lyrics.
0: Give me one. Give me a compliment.
1: I can't one. remember, man. It's 15 years. I ain't got to do that no more. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> After a while, it was, nah. you know, every now and then. But I don't do it on purpose. That was always the thing. You
0: and know? so she's been with you since the beginning of when you became a caddy.
1: Yeah. Yeah, she's been there from the beginning. She's She's been there since I've been on the road and, you know, making... She's was she been there through me getting a car repossessed. <laughs> she's been there through everything from, like, broke Mike. <laughs> broke Mike doing stand-up for, like, $15 a night or $45 a night from way back in the day. And then going into caddying and stuff. I actually... When I proposed, I proposed to her at a comedy club after caddying the whole day. I was caddying for Brendan Pappas. We were playing in the, in the tournament in Tampa, uh-huh. and I was performing at Coconuts Comedy Club in St. Pete Beach. And I was on stage. Her family was there. No one knew I was going to do it except my mom, who let me have, who gave me a ring oh, wow. to give to her that was in the family. So I actually brought her. I brought her up on stage. I made fun of her dad, who uh, is full blood Chinese but born and raised in Jamaica. So imagine we call him Jackie Chan, but imagine Jackie Chan with a Jamaican accent. It'll mess you up the first <laughs> couple times you hear it. So I brought her on stage, and then uh, asked. I asked his permission, and he on said stage, yes. on stage, I asked his permission, and he said yes. And I brought her up on. I brought him on stage first, and asked him, and he said yes. Because I figured he wouldn't say no in 250 people in the comedy club. And then I brought her up on stage and introduced to everybody and then got down on one knee and asked. And got, the best part was after the show, you know, I was signing some autographs, taking pictures and stuff. And then this dude goes, that was so awesome, man. Do you do that every show? And I was like, nah. You know who was there? Kuchar was there. Really? Yeah. Kuchar was at the show.
0: So. You do understand that you technically proposed to the dad first because once you asked the dad in front of everyone, like Celia knew that you were going to propose to her.
1: Yeah, but no one knew when. That was the thing. She, what do no you one mean no one, one
0: knew on. when? You think you're just going to do this in public and then not do it right afterwards?
1: Nah, because look, the tradition is you got to ask the father first. Yeah, I'm aware. So once you get permission from the father, then normally that's when you go get the
0: Yeah, ring. but the girl never knows you got permission from the dad. Andrew Brooks, our producer, what? weigh in on this.
1: That is not true. Yes, it is. No, it ain't.
0: Did you ask your now wife,
3: father, your father in law permission? I did, not in front of her. Okay, so she didn't know. She, I mean, we were living together at the time, so she probably knew it was coming eventually. No, she. Yes. Didn't, no, you asked her dad. She did not. Okay.
1: Did you tell her after you asked her dad?
3: Did I tell her what? That I that told? you asked. Yeah, but I mean, probably days later
1: after you See? proposed. Yeah, I mean, she asked like, "Hey, did you?" After the proposal, wait, wait, hold on. What did she do? She asked you. Did you ask my dad? Correct. After he proposed to her. Correct. Nah. Yeah. Oh, Days after- later. Dude,
0: these are like rules of golf. I mean, these are straight. You don't. You propose. You ask the father-in-law. You propose, and then you tell your fiance that you asked the dad.
1: I never heard of that. What? That must be some like Connecticut thing. What? We're both from we Arizona. Arizona,
0: you idiot. Well, there
1: you go. That's even better. You guys don't even follow daylight savings time. Y'all don't know what you're talking about.
0: Yeah, because we don't need – you know, that's one of the biggest shams in American culture, <laughs> time zones.
1: Yeah, I agree with that. Time zones is terrible.
3: We need to stop with those. We need to stop daylight savings. It gets dark here at 430.
1: This time of year, I
0: can't play golf. It's dark, it's dark at 430. Right. Like, it's taken me everything I have to not take that turn a little sharper when I'm coming off the freeway.
1: (laughs) Yeah, but you'd rather have it stay dark until 9 a.m.? I wouldn't, yeah,
0: I wouldn't care. Look, I wake up at 3.30 for work anyway. What do I care?
1: Yeah, but that, okay, yeah. We are the exception, not the rule,
0: though. My wife, Ashley, she thinks, and, and I think this is actually a pretty decent theory. Did they do daylight saving for kids at the bus stop? No. They did it for
3: farmers.
1: Yeah, it was all about for farming.
0: <laughs> you said that with such
3: disgust that I didn't know that. Well, you think back in the day, they're like, oh, before Let we had school buses question. probably. Right. I don't even know in, when it started, but like, was when was the first say, school bus? In
0: 1812, I don't think there was school de- buses. You think they had daylight savings back in 1812?
1: I don't know. No, don't you think there was like, was like started?
0: a- they had like a a ruling. They had a, a meeting, a gathering to say, let here today we change." Clo-. You
1: think that they had a meeting where they was like, "We can't have them kids standing out there in the dark, <laughs> <laughs> seven o'clock in the morning." Come Look on, that's,
0: I bet that's got to be part of it.
1: Them kids ain't they ain't had their coffee yet? <laughs> kids, what are we doing? Hey, get them kids out of the dark. Let them stand there in daylight.
3: And Drew's got something. Andrew Brooks has something. The plan. This is convoluted. I'm not gonna get into the whole thing. But the plan in the United States started in nineteen eighteen. So I'm now looking up when the first school was still no school
1: buses. Nah, there was not a school bus. There was a school
0: horse and buggy.
1: (laughs) Jebediah, it's very dark.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you could I can't see (laughs) Amos Zimmerman.
1: Get the Stolzfus boys.
2: Look, all I I, I know that we
0: stepped in it again. It's like the Oregon Trail. When did you die from an
3: Oregon Trail? So, uh, in in Matt's defense, the history of the school bus, according to uh, some website I found on the internet. Uh can be traced as far back as eighteen eighty six. But huh. so that was a horse drawn carriage.
0: There you go.
1: That's not a bus. That they wanted the carriage. kids
0: when they're going to the, the schoolyard that they wanted the sun to be up so they didn't get hit by other horses and buggies. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Look all I know is whatever the, time, change the last does, time. Hey man, how much damage could one horsepower do? <laughs> you know whatever I mean? oh. the sun
0: rules are, as long as it lets me stay out of the course later during golf season.
1: Yeah, but here's the thing. Right now where you are, not golf season. It's not. Why so are you there. coming
0: here next week?
1: Uh for the golf summit meeting?
0: There's a golf summit? Your department has 3 people.
1: <laughs> Two. <laughs> <laughs> so, I didn't well, we could now call it the golf mound. <laughs> yeah. No, we're not really summiting a mountain. Uh well, we were supposed to come up for the there was a, another big meeting that was going to happen that got pushed off okay. to a different time, so you know well, we're gonna do. The we'll good do the, news is, though, I'm gonna probably get to come up there, and we'll have we could break news here. Do, 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 do. Uh, I'm gonna be ESPN for a few more years.
0: No, oh. so, hey mazeltoff what are we dealing hey. with here? You got a new, you got a new contract, did you?
1: Yeah. So
0: wait, have you signed it yet?
1: Yes, I did. Signed okay, good. I
0: was gonna say yeah. you haven't signed it and you're coming here to sign it, then we we would retract nah, that because I already
1: signed my I signed I, my part. I have a now feeling you find an uncanny way supposed to, to sh- screw that up. Yeah, I tell me. Hopefully, the other person that has to sign it, hopefully they sign it too. With <laughs> don't read it, just sign it. Don't worry, fine prints. It's cool. All
0: right, so here's what we'll do next week in the podcast. As always, we appreciate the download and listen. We'll be in person in studio to be. We're going to tape it on Wednesday evening. I've got to go to Arizona to speak at an event uh, in the early part of next week.
1: But yeah, Mister Big Shot. Hey. Yeah.
0: So uh, not only that, keynote speaker at
1: commencement. That's bro. Yeah. I'm very proud. I got to man, it. I'm really proud of you. Uh, thank you. You better leave now for that horse and carriage ride right. out there. At least we
0: know the sun up will be safe enough for me to get there. All right.
1: Hey, Jebediah Stolzfus, how long is this trip going to take?
0: <laughs> so, so here's what we'll do. We'll do the All podcast. Right. You'll be in studio with me. we yep. want to have a long-distance relationship next week. And next week we're going to do something. We're going to plan a 40th birthday um, golf extravaganza, yes. With rules, etc., etc. We'll give you the background on everything that has to to go with that. Uh, so can that'll be next tease? week. Can we tease? Can we tease? Yeah, we can tease. Yeah.
1: Okay, so we got a tease. What we'll tease is you may have got the greatest birthday text video. I didn't think that there was any kind of video that you could get because you ain't got phone numbers. I don't need but them. You got a birthday text. Video that I'm so jealous of, it's not even funny. Michael, we can talk about that next week.
0: Yeah, what you have to understand is like, because, like, you have to go to people, people come to me.
1: I got to bring up Amish people now to just run you over <laughs> yeah. with a horse about in the dark.
0: That Indian food you just ate is about to come up again. All right. <laughs> we appreciate the listen and the download. Uh, so next week we're going to be in person. Our thanks to Trey Wingo for joining us. We're going to plan a 40th birthday celebration next week. Uh, we can tell you the, 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 the where it's going to be. It will not be in Connecticut. Uh, that's <laughs> No. That, that we know for certain. Uh, so for the caddy. Michael Collins. I am the Maddie at Maddie and Caddy Instagram at Maddie and Caddy Twitter. We appreciate the download, listen, rate, subscribe wherever you get your
1: podcasts. Thanks for listening to Maddie and the Caddy. Check out more great ESPN podcasts in the ESPN app, Apple podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Maddie and the Caddy.